0: My guest today is Anna and she's in El Salvador and she has a great story of progress with her rheumatoid arthritis. She got diagnosed 12 months ago and it started out quite aggressively and we're going to hear about that in a moment. She's been able to reduce her methotrexate, she follows the Patterson program and she's going to share about the most important aspects of the Patterson program that she's found to get the results that she has so far on her Journey, which is still in development, but it's very encouraging. So, thanks, Anna, for coming on today.
2: You're welcome, uh Thank you.
0: So, let's get straight into it. Uh, talk about uh, how this began for you. Where you started to get symptoms?
2: Okay, I started the symptoms on my knees, but the the knees was not the was not the uh, rheumatoid arthritis. It was o- osteoarthritis. And then, like a like a p- couple of months later, you know, I started getting. Uh, Pain on my wrist, and then uh, uh, it got swollen. So I went to the doctor again, and since he saw a pattern, you know, he had me have uh, take the test. The uh, and then the results, when they came, you know, I got the the shocking news, which to me was very, very, very hard at the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, but
2: I said, you know, I'm going to fight this no matter what. And yeah.
0: And did they put you onto the uh, methotrexate immediately?
2: No, I did not because, you know, I wanted to fight it uh, in a natural way. So I said no. And, uh, you know, I started uh, searching and that's when I, I, I stumbled upon, you know, the Pattinson program. And uh, so, you know, at the beginning, it, it was uh, more difficult because I was in Finland at that moment and my doctor is in El Salvador. And so, you know, I started the program uh, with no medicine at all, not even pain medicine. And, you know, I couldn't uh, move my wrist. And, uh, and I I guess with the cold weather and everything, you know, it was, it it was even worse. And um, so, you know, I I waited a couple of uh, like three months until I finally started with the metrotrexate. So, you know, to help, help myself out at the beginning.
0: When we're highly inflamed, which can be the case shortly after diagnosis is the disease is still trying to find its place and it tends to kind of snowball. It did in my case, it got really bad, really quick. When we try natural interventions, even if you know they're well-researched and work for everyone else, uh, sometimes it can be still too hard to pull back that cascade of inflammation. And our, one of our non-negotiables is to have low pain levels all the time, low inflammation. And so in those scenarios, Like you found, even when you were doing uh, the right things right from the start, essentially, you still needed the medication to provide that inflammation reduction so that then things calm down and you also buy yourself a lot more time as you're not panicking, you're not worried and you're not in pain to be able to work on healing on the inside and build a pattern and a habit around this big change of lifestyle, which it is.
2: It is definitely. And, uh, you know, everything, you know, I, I guess when, when you're in a lot of pain and inflammation and you can't move, I mean, it's, it's, and sometimes you don't have people to help you out at that moment, or maybe even if it's uh, within, you know, your, your, your family and friends, you know, uh, it's hard for them to understand the level of pain because nobody can understand and nobody, you know, only the people that are in the same situation. So I found the Patterson program to be fabulous in that way, because, you know, we're all in the same, on the same boat. And so we understand and we share our experiences. And, uh, you know, even uh, when you have doubts about medication, I remember asking you, and I remember you told me, you know, to get on the medication so I could get the inflammation down because I had some nodules on the, on the, on my left uh, wrist. I don't have any now. So they're completely gone, and also the inflammation I had on this, on my right wrist, and I, could, I didn't have any movement, and I completely can move it uh, now. And uh, I have been very strict with the, with the, with the program.
0: Mm. And how much of the uh, reduction of the inflammation do you feel came from the changes through the program, and how much were you able to get some relief from the drug?
2: Well, I would think that that the food has more to do than the the medication itself. Um, I started I I started with the uh, trexate at the beginning of February and then the program I started uh, last November. So it's going to be a year. And uh, yeah, so right now it's 11 months. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, I have come a long way because, uh, you know, before I was uh, diagnosed, I went to the gym three hours mm. and then I had to cut it uh, down completely, you know, because I, I couldn't lift anything. Mm. And now I'm not saying that I can lift a lot, but I, I can do at least uh, five, 10 pounds or eight pounds, depending on, you know, the level of pain that I'm in that, in that moment. But, you know, I do all the rest of the stuff and, you know, I like to work out. Then I also walk a lot. Mm. Uh, you know, and then you know the stationary bike, and st- I have not been doing yoga. There, I haven't found the the um, Bikram yoga here in El Salvador. They do have yoga, but since I was in pain, you know, I couldn't do all the you know all the poses. So I start. I I decided to stick to the to walking, and you know the gym, mm. and it has worked for me.
0: Absolutely, I love the gym. Um, it's my preferred place to go to stay. Uh, as well as I can be. I go to Bikram at the moment because I really damaged my left knee again, uh, which has a lot of pre existing damage from all of the inflammation that yeah. was in it many years ago. Uh, so I'm using a lot of yoga at the moment, um, but I definitely prefer to go to the gym. And there's so much that you can do at the gym, whether it be a stationary bike or an elliptical or a rowing machine for the cardiovascular side of things. And then you can also go out and uh, go and lift some weights as you do. And build up some muscle, not just you know the classic kind of bicep tricep chest sort of stuff, but what we really want to work on are the connective tissue um, where those big muscles connect to the bones at the joint, uh, because they are the ones that get inflamed, yeah, the tendonitis that can happen at the joint is where so much of inflammation and pain comes from in the in these major joints, and we often think that that's rheumatoid arthritis or synovitis but it's not it is tendonitis and it's just because of damage to maybe micro damage to the joint or significant damage to the joint the damage gets twisted when we sleep or when we move it in a way that it that it doesn't like the tendons get a little inflamed and then we don't use the joint because it feels a bit uncomfortable but an inflamed or a tendonitis joint responds well to suitable exercise. It's blood flow. It's causing attention to those uh, that soft tissue. So, you know, especially my elbows, uh, they're always wanting to develop low-grade tendinitis. And so the gym is just the best place for me um, with these elbows. And just by lifting sensible weights within my comfort zone, I can keep it at bay. And um, yeah, I'm all for it and if people don't aren't able to go to the gym they can get uh, elastic bands and these things called tubes that they can buy on on uh, elastic tubes with handles on the end on amazon and they're a great way to exercise at home so we should always be moving our body uh, just as you've found it so helpful for yourself
2: yeah the the elastic bands sorry yeah. uh, the elastic bands work wonderful i also use them Colourful especially one. when yeah. you travel because that's the yep. that's the equivalent to some weights you know And uh, so I've I've found it so practical.
0: Absolutely, and they're so inexpensive. So for I think seven dollars or something, you can buy a a group of five different different resistant level elastic bands on Amazon, and you can put a knot in them and attach them. uh, Put close the door so the knots on the other side, and you've got a workout at home. And Melissa, my wife, has been telling me, you know, I need to do some uh, some videos on that. So we're going to be doing some videos on that. Uh, soon. So yeah, uh, different ways to work different muscles and keep this tendonitis low, which I'm so, so certain uh, plays a much greater role in the major joint inflammation than what we all appreciate because uh, inflammation is, you know, it's not all synovitis. Um, In fact, uh, so often it's a lot of tendonitis and only a little synovitis, which is much more treatable by ourselves at home or at the gym. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, that's great. Love hearing that. Now you've got this kind of, uh, you, you're still in the stage where you're making improvements and you're you, you one year in, you've got, you said to me before we uh, connected to do this, that, you know, you've, you're still working a long way to go. You've been able to reduce your dose of methotrexate. How did that consultation go with the rheumatologist? What was, how was the discussion?
2: Well, you know, he was very surprised and, you know, sadly you know, I I saw him in August and I hadn't visited him for three months because, you know, uh, I was in Finland. So when I when I came, uh, you know, I went and with the exams and it turned uh, and they they came out negative. You know, all, all of my tests came clear, clean. And, you know, so he was uh, he, he was in shock because, you know, he he was a. Uh, he was because sadly he passed away like three weeks ago. So now I have to find a new rheumatologist, which is going to be kind of a, I don't know if hard, I, I, I already have a name of one, but you know, it's starting like over again. So he was in a shock. He was, he was an old uh, rheumatologist um, uh, who happened to be my father's friend. So that's why I looked for him. And uh, he had saw, uh, seen me before uh, because I also have fibromyalgia. For hmm. I've had it for 25 uh, years, more or less,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so yeah, so I, I deal with a lot of uh so I, I don't know li- I don't know life without pain, sure. and uh, yeah, but you know, life has to go on, and uh, you know so he was in a shock because he was like a very um, conventional, let's say, put it that way, and so he said, the food has nothing to do with it, <laughs> and you know, when I came uh, to see him in August, he said, "Well, I don't know what you're doing." But it's working <laughs> because you know he was in a shock. He says, "You, I mean, I just can't believe your your test results." And so you know, uh, and that's that. You know that I don't have a, you know that I have, I've had a lot of stress, you know, for the past months, and and that doesn't help. But you know, I keep going with the food and you know exercising, and uh, yeah, and it's and it's so hard with the food, you know. But I guess you get used to it.
0: Mm yeah just to uh add a specific to the doctor 's uh visit um, your anti cCP came out back to normal, so you 've taken your normal. anti yeah your those antibodies which were showing up when you were first diagnosed back to normal so uh, that 's a phenomenal result no wonder he was yeah. uh, he was surprised. We see this from time to time it 's not terribly common your c reactive protein you said uh, came back uh, normal everything was normal no anemia. And therefore, obviously, you know, like he said, what you're doing is working really well. But it's particularly fantastic that the um, that the antibodies came back and, and normalized, which is, which is sensational. So he lowered your methotrexate a little bit. What I'm wondering is, how did the fibromyalgia respond to the dietary changes? And how do you balance that with your exercise too? Because fibromyalgia clients who have Communicated with me in the past, say they find it difficult with exercise because the muscles hurt. So, can you speak on that?
2: Uh, Well, you know, I I always uh, before the the rheumatoid arthritis, you know, I have always uh, led my life perfectly normal, even with with the pain. You know, I just learned to live with it. And and you know, sometimes when people tell me, you know, I have a migraine, so I'm not going to go, uh, so uh, cancel plans, for example, I I just can't can Mm. understand because. We know what pain is. And so uh, I guess, you know, the fibromyalgia has also, um, the food change has also helped. And, uh, you know, I, I've always been, I've never been fat. I've always been uh, thin, you know, but, but I have been uh, pretty much a junkie with the food, you know, so changing, you know, not not being able to have my Doritos or something like that was kind of uh, at the beginning, you know. And, I, you know, I used to love uh, hamburgers and the French fries and stuff like that, which I think most people in the program. And uh, I think the hard part is uh, not the gym, you know, because I did the the, the g- three hours at the gym uh, with the fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, for me, the, the most difficult part has been, you know, when you, when you meet with other people and, uh, and you go out to eat. Uh, I think that's the challenge for all of us, you know, that, that are, uh, have changed our dietary habits.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, the eating out at restaurants, eating out at cafes is the greatest challenge. And the social connectedness and the association with groups and eating, uh, it's so strong. And so, you know, when we have that, uh, particularly if we're quite social people um, and we like to do that frequently as our way of spending time with friends, then that then that is definitely a challenge. And for the first few months, I you know I I, I think it's best to avoid eating out at all, um, just because you know it's an absolute minefield, and you almost can't put a step down onto the. Onto the grass without landing on a mine. So yeah, so many oils and and particularly the oils that that are used in cafes and restaurants and even vegan ones, plant based cafes. I yeah. mean, it's just laden with oil.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I I just think it's not only that part. Let's say uh, I can go to a cafe and I always, you know, I have uh, my I bake some biscuits, a very small ones. So you know they're. Uh, oat. They're made from oats. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, I always carry a little, a little, a, a little bag with them uh, when I go to a cafe. So I, I just sneak them out, you know, and uh, so, uh, and then the other people don't feel that bad, you know, that I'm only there. And, but, you know, I, I think it's the part of uh, explaining people why you can't have this and this and that. And then people say, you know, oh, but this is fine. Just thinking because it's the you're a vegan. And Then everything is fine. And so the, the oil part that it's people don't not, just don't don't get it. Even if you eat at home and you're surrounded by people, they just don't understand that it's the, the oil, how much it costs is the pain.
0: Oh, it blows people's minds. It, it it's yeah. almost like it's like you're saying that uh, you know, that that we're not on that we're not on a planet that's rotating around the sun. Yeah. They just it's like it's not humanly possible for you not to be able to eat oil or want to eat oil or think that oil's good for you. Uh, such is the power of that misconception and so you know yeah we we have to battle that that's one of the challenges and 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 it makes you less inclined with time to want to spend time with people who don't understand because the, yes. it gets so old explaining this over and over again to people and and you also kind of find it a little bit annoying to watch people sit and eat disgusting foods that you know are terrible <laughs> for their health and yet somehow they, uh, you know, don't seem to get any serious symptoms from having it, other than maybe some indigestion that night, and it's kind of a little <laughs> bit—it's hard to relate to when people can eat whatever they want and seem not to have a problem at least tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, and we're working as hard as we can just to have just to have a normal life, you know. Yeah. You travel a lot to Finland. Tell us about that, how you manage to, to travel on, on a restrictive diet. I love your little tip about the little oat cookies. That's great. Any other insights you can share about traveling?
2: Well, you know, um, when I travel, you know, it's uh, it, since it's such a long flight, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's exhausting because I have to change. Well, you too, when, when you fly from Australia, you're far away. So it's uh, for me to Finland, it's the, I have to change three planes mm. and, uh, you know, I never managed to get a, a direct flight like from Miami to uh, Finland. So, you know, just stopping in the U.S. all the time and uh, sometimes I only get short connections. But the thing is that I have uh, learned to travel, you know, I, I pack my salad and I, uh, so far I have had no, no issues, you know, with, in, in customs or anything. And then, you know, uh, I even uh, when I have since I know I'm going to have a breakfast, at least, uh, you know, I even travel, you know, I have my oats Mm -hmm. and then I have my milk. I also, you know, in those uh, traveling uh, bottles that you put for the shampoo and the the conditioner. Yeah. So I have managed to put my oat uh, milk in there. And so I I, I packed two bottles of those and I know that and, and you know, then I asked for a cup like uh the the water cup that they you get at the in, in the airlines. So then I I put my oat oats there and I, you know, I put my oat uh, my oat milk there and uh and I even have like my my cinnamon and stuff like that. So uh so I have managed, you know, to so now instead of uh, you know, my normal handbag, I travel with a backpack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With food. And, you know, so I have uh, so I have managed to make these biscuits very small and they're very easy to make. And uh, so, you know, and they're even, uh, you know, very crunchy. And um, and so I put them in, in in the little Ziploc bags, you know, and then I always have them uh, with me uh, in my handbag because, you know, you never know. And I also bake my own muffins from oats, but, you know, with uh, with no additives or anything, mm. of course. And but those are harder at restaurants, you know, because you can you can really see the muffin. The biscuits is easier to hide hide away. You know, some I think some places don't have any issues if, as, as long as somebody else is uh, ordering something and you're ordering a, a, ordering a tea or, uh, you know, sometimes I even ask just for uh, lemon water, not even lemonade. Or I, you know, here we have these uh, uh, traveling uh, honey, honey packets, yep. just like the tea packets or the the coffee packets. So I always, always uh, try to have also my my honey with me, just in case. So so I'm always prepared now, you know, because you never know.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's like an adult version of packing the uh, the kids school the kids. school lunch, <laughs> and they head off and they have their their morning tea or their, you know, mid-morning snack, and then they have their lunch and afternoon snack, all different little containers. Uh, That's what our kids uh, look like when they head out with their, well, Angelina with her backpack. Uh, So it reminds me of that. And I think we worry too much about whether or not the restaurant's going to care or whatever. I mean, really, who are we worried about? We're worried about probably some pimply teenager who's earning a small amount of money serving your table just for the shift that they're on. Yeah. And do they really care that you're snacking on a small biscuit whilst you're sitting there and you've bought a bought a lemon tea and your friends are sitting there and paying to eat their meals and you know enjoying time at their cafe and you might come back frequently and speak good things about the place so we, we went out to dinner the other night. It was my birthday. I turned 44 two nights, two days ago, and we went out for... Happy uh, birthday. <laughs> thank you. We went out and we had, our, went to our Indian restaurant uh, that we have uh, uh, green green lit uh, and uh, pre, pre-checked. And um, we went there and Melissa has uh, lots of little things for the kids. You know, she's got some uh, cut up tofu pieces and she slots them in, in front of them beforehand. And... Uh, What else did she have the other night? Or maybe, you know, some little mandarin pieces and just keeps their energy levels up and keeps their hunger controlled before the food comes out and that helps their behaviour. And no one cares. Well, if anyone cares, they don't say anything because we're a family of five. We're going to have a fairly big bill at the end of the, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so well done. And uh, I think everyone should uh, take note that, uh, you know, if it means that you get out of the house more and it means that you have more social opportunities, then do it. Just pack a little thing on the side and go and do it. Don't let the concern of of whether or not there's rules at the restaurant or not stop us from having the completely necessary social connection with our friends. So I like that a lot.
2: Yeah. And then you just go in and and then if it's a salad, you just order the salad and you just say nothing on it. That's it. uh
0: yeah. And that's it. And they you ask know, you a, ask you about six times. So you want absolutely nothing on it <laughs> at all. Can I? You sure you don't want some dressing? No, 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 nothing. Or what? What about some cheese? No, 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 nothing. You know, over and over again.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 right. I just order, you know, a uh, uh, lemon juice on the side, you know, because yeah. that's how I. Yeah, and then, and then you know they're they're okay. With it. I I really haven't had any issues, you know, at the restaurants that people say uh, uh you're weird or something like that. <laughs> You know, Good. I have more, you know, my, <laughs> and you know, my friends, especially when I'm here, you know, I, I managed to eat sushi, you know, the, the veggie sushi. So yeah. So they know that if we're going out, it's a, a sushi,
1: yeah, it's yeah.
2: either salad or sushi. So that that's it. So, you know, people stick with you. And then when they see, and when, you know, when they, they saw me, when I couldn't move my wrist at all. And now that they see the difference, you know, and you know, the, the the problem that I had was uh, putting, gaining some weight, but I think, you know, in this, uh, I have been in El Salvador two months and, and uh, I think I have weighed, uh, ga- um, gained like five or 10 pounds because I was weighing uh, 89, 90 pounds and I wouldn't go up from that. Even if I ate enormous amounts of mm-hmm. food, you know, <laughs> but I mean enormous, you know, my oatmeal in the morning is huge and, you know, with fruit and everything on the side, and uh, still, I didn't manage, and I I guess, you know, I started eating, I don't know if you have ever tried plantains, you uh, know, the cook cookie bananas?
0: Yeah, yeah, I have tried them, I think I tried them in, um, I want to say Fiji or somewhere, yeah, I think I have, yep. Yeah,
2: Cuban dishes, and, and since you're in Florida, you know, Cuban dishes, mm. use them a lot, you know, in Latin America, they, they are, they're like part of the,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: uh not every day, but, you know, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and
2: so, Those have uh, helped me uh, gain some, you know, those extra pounds because nothing fit, you know, I was, uh, nothing completely fit. And so now, you know, I'm happy, you know, that I even gained like uh, five uh, extra pounds. Yeah.
0: The gym also helps with that. I think it's very easy for us to just obsess about how we're eating a lot, we're not gaining weight. Well, here's the truth, is that the body will not spontaneously add any more Uh, requirement than it needs to the body's extremely efficient if the body thinks you're not lifting any weights it doesn't need that muscle it won't just spontaneously build muscle it's not like we have a predetermined muscle amount that the body will always stick to at all times it just disregards it if it doesn't feel that it's being used like if you've got a broken leg and the leg gets wrapped up below the knee on the shin let's say you break your ankle i should say you know, if, you, if you, that thing's out of action for six weeks, your calf muscle will look like completely disintegrated by the time if you're getting around on crutches and not using it at all. And so to build that calf muscle up, if that's happened on a grand scale across our whole body because we've, we've muscle atrophied, which happens with people with inflammatory arthritis, it's just muscle atrophy goes hand in hand with having the condition. So we actively need to watch out for that and to work against that. And so if we've got a grand scale of that, then we've got to work those muscles. We have to demand them to grow. And so your gym work obviously goes a long way to demanding that muscle growth and spontaneous muscle growth. If only that were the case, wouldn't it be easy? You wouldn't have to go and do anything other than just feed yourself and you'd look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime, <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah.
2: Yeah, that's right. And you know, that's another thing uh, about the muscles, you know, people worry that you're not get with the like that we're not getting enough uh protein. Right. Yeah, so, you know, I think that there's a you can uh, get the protein uh from other places, you know, not not only from animals.
0: Oh yeah, protein's the easiest thing of all actually to get. It's virtually unheard of not to get enough protein if you're eating enough food. your body needs each day to sustain itself so i mean if you only ate white rice and orange juice all day and you ate enough to sustain yourself then you've actually met your protein requirements i mean it's it's so hard to avoid uh getting enough protein Uh, it's the easiest easiest macronutrient of all so let's think uh can you tell me what aspects of the program whether it be the exercise the one of the dietary components or something else that that goes in parallel, maybe it's stress reduction or something that you feel that's really crucial that we need to discuss
2: I think stress uh plays a, a big role as well, but i think uh I think the combination between the food and the exercise you know and that that you that you keep a positive mind i think uh, I think that helps a lot you know that you meditate or uh some sort of uh activity that gives you peace, you know, to be, you know, to ground yourself at least once a day. I think that's the, the combination. And, you know, I hope to get off of the metro Tech, uh, Trek say, you know, I don't know when. Oh, because that was, that's the other part, you know, that I have lost a lot of my hair yeah. and uh, uh, due to that, you know, so that's, you know, for a woman, it's kind of a,
1: a, yeah,
2: a, big, a big issue.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, but but I think you can help yourself with that, you know. So, so I think, you know, the disease in itself is so, so tough, you know, and then you get all these issues, you know, all these side effects of everything. I guess it's just like cancer, you know, it's, it's, uh, you already have a disease and on top of that, you have to take medications that make you uh, emotionally feel worse, but, uh, like was, I was saying, I, I think that you have to be positive and just keep a, a positive mind. And, you know, I just I, I just think that I'm going to beat the thing, you know, I, somehow I'm going to beat it And it, because, you know, the doctor said that even uh, if the tests are negative, that doesn't mean that, that that we don't have the disease. It's just like a, a sleep and a sort of. So, but I mean, I just want to be completely pain free and, uh, and get my hair back, uh, which I have my hair, but, but, you know, uh, I have lo- lost a, a lot of it. And, uh, and then I'm used to the food now. I think I, you know, it's, it's an automatic now.
0: Yeah. The hair loss comes because it, you know, you know, you drew the parallel to cancer and I'd never really, you know, made the distinct connection that it's treated exactly like cancer because we've got the disease and then methotrexate is a, is a, a cancer drug, right? It's chemotherapy. yeah. And so it, although it's very low dose, I see frequently uh, females getting hair loss. You know, I've never seen it with a man. As strange as that may seem, we've never, I've never had a man tell me they've lost hair from methotrexate and yet it comes up with yeah. females a lot the good news is that it does tend to come back and it tends to be a sort of a uh, a cycle where the hair does go down and and become, uh, and the hair thins out. But then it does tend to start to regrow again as if the body works out how to sidestep the medication or something and still develop new hair growth. So Take that on board as a something to look for and to be optimistic and to look forward to because I do see that happening uh, even without, so what I mean is even on the drug. So just hang yeah. in there and just see how that goes. With some luck, that'll be the pattern that it takes for you as I've seen with other yeah. people. Just look for small follicles when you're in the mirror, just look for new <laughs> oh, growth. I do have yeah. some, you know, uh-huh. I can
2: see them in the in the front, uh, Yeah, you know, here and then. I guess you have to be patient, you know, so many people, yeah, it is a chemotherapy Mm -hmm. and even if it's low dose. And I think that the other uh, bad part about, you know, the the drug is, uh, you know, I love the sun and for me not being able to, to be in the sun, uh, sun tanning, you know, not, not in the sun with a 50 sunblock, which, you know, for me, it was outrageous to use a 50 (laughs) sunblock, but I, you know, I guess uh, now I do and I I really take care of, you know, I don't want to get, you know, you know, I've read all sorts of things that you can get really, uh, your skin can really get very bad uh, in some cases, not in all cases. Mm -hmm. But just making myself safe, you know, I use the sunblock now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see you've got a few motivators here to try and become as healthy as possible and as asymptomatic as possible so that you need as fewer medications as as, yeah. as you need to. You've got the hair loss and you've also got the, the desire to get, you know, natural and enjoyable sunlight on your body. So yes, well, what you're doing, as your doctor said, keep it up, keep, keep going for it. Sounds like those plantains, that's a great tip with regards to the weight gain on those uh, particular uh, plant foods. Is there anything else that you'd like to to cover before we wrap up um and tell us uh, things that have that have helped you that you do that you think maybe someone else would benefit from
2: well ju- well just that you know just uh being your uh, positive and then keep the exercise and the motivation i think and even if you have a uh, if you go downhill at one point which i think we all experience that you know there are ups and downs uh with the pain and not to uh be discouraged you know when when we get pain which will it will happen and you know what i try to do is just uh do some activity you know do some positive uh something even if i'm in pain maybe i pressure myself a lot mm. and uh you know part of the difficult part for me is you know that i'm a graphic designer so you know uh you know with uh with the pain you know i also do photography so for me it was a you know in Finland i well everywhere I take a lot of pictures but you know in the in the summer in Finland I'd love to take photos of the of the birds and the dogs because you know they migrate and then they you know they have all the nests and for me it was a big challenge you know from the like uh last uh winter you know that I could barely move my my wrist you know mm. i couldn't I couldn't carry the camera mm. and you know I said, oh what am I going to do next summer and i was I was able to do it you know with my with my big lens. And so for me, all those little things, you know, if you have something, in my case, it's that, uh, but if you're passionate about something, I think you need to focus on that. And that will, you know, encourage yourself to keep on going, even if, if you feel a little pain or, or the tells results don't come out like you would uh, have expected. So just keep on going. That, that's maybe what, what I think uh, helps the most.
0: Mm, I love it. things, are definitely ups and downs, aren't they?
2: I mean, I'm yeah. about
0: to do it. I'm trying to organise a, a quick podcast with Katie, who's been on a couple of times uh, as one of our guests. And what she and I have both found is that when we have uh, wrist stiffness, that whilst that can be a deterrent to wanting to put pressure onto the wrists and and hurt and hurt them further, uh, we've both found that uh, by actually challenging the wrists uh, when they hurt and and we're going to clarify that in our in our discussion not when they're inflamed with synovitis but if they're just stiff because they've spent a lot of time not with full range of motion uh then these things can be you know pushed through and and to slowly be become better with time so you know completely agree with you keep at it things change yeah. my dad has always told me things always change and what we are today who we are now and how we feel it's going to be different, not just tomorrow, but in 12 months time. And it does not necessarily have to be uh, in a worse state. Even if we have this condition, we can do things by creating daily habits that set ourselves up for a better body and a better outlook in 12 months. It's really possible. So with that, I'd like to thank you for coming on uh, this episode. We've had a few delays setting this up, and they've been all on me, so I apologise, but uh, we've managed to make it happen, and uh, I, I thank you for your really intelligent insights, and uh, I'm sure that people will have got a lot out of this. So, Anna, thanks very much. All the best with your photography career. Thanks for being a member of Patterson Program Support, uh, encouraging and helping others. It's been great to watch how you've been going, and and uh, we've got a lot more time together in that platform, so Thanks very much for sharing where you're up to at the moment.
2: It's been a pleasure. And thank you, Clint, because you have helped all of us, you know, with uh, with the program. And uh, I think uh, everyone has uh, uh, their little uh, success story, even if it's little baby steps. You know, I think we have all benefited from, from your program. So thank you for uh, sharing it with us.
0: You're very welcome. Thanks very much. Okay.
1: been listening to the pattison program for more information visit pattisonprogram.com